0: Happy Labor Day weekend, everybody. Hope you're having a great weekend, enjoying your time with your family, maybe doing some grilling. I don't know. Me, I just kind of got back from visiting with my uh, daughter up in Nashville. Had a great time just eating and catching up and, you know, all the kind of things that you do with your family. And if you're ever up in the Nashville area, may I encourage you to visit a place called Proper Bagel. This is not, they're not underwriting this, (laughs) but, you know, hey, Proper Bagel, hit me up if somebody's listening, right? But Proper Bagel is one of the best bagel shops I've ever been to. So if you're up around that area, I encourage you to give it a shot. So what's going on in youth ministry in my world? Well, next Saturday, I do have a event that is the culmination of our summer showdown series that we did where we had games every week did like a little showdown between teams and the winner gets to drive in a limo and we're going two places we're going to uh, go bowling and bowl a game and we're also gonna go and drive up into the Waffle House in our limo, our, our Hummer limo, and get out and go eat. We just thought that would be cool. I thought that'd be a fun thing. And if you're interested in watching it for yourself, you can always subscribe to my YouTube channel. I'll put a link down in the show notes cause I will have full video coverage of that. Kids enjoying the ride and one another's company. So it should be a fun night. So do you have kids in your church who do not come to youth group i mean they're there every week but they don't ever show up to youth on wednesday or sunday or whenever it is you meet and you're wondering to yourself is it me is it is it because of me am i a terrible person the youth program suck well before we get into all that there are other reasons other than you as to why a student would not come but before we get into those reasons i want to remind you that it is not too late it's just started september and you can pick up my youth ministry playbook 22 23 which goes september through may takes you all the way through the school year so if you are needing a way to organize events if you're needing a way to keep track of things if you want worksheets if you want articles If you want the calendars, if you want all the good stuff that's in there, that's gonna help you build a successful youth ministry, well then I'm gonna encourage you to pick up my youth ministry playbook. I I use it all the time. I fill out things, I take notes. It really does help me guide my youth ministry because I'm always checking my calendar, my to-do list, my goals for the month, all that kind of stuff. And it's, uh, it's helping me stay on track. And so if you're looking for a way to be organized, stay on track and build a successful youth ministry. I believe I have packed everything into one resource, my youth ministry playbook. I'll put a link down in the show notes. If you were interested, check out more. So let's go ahead and get into the question. Is it you, is it you youth pastor? Is that why that kid who always sits with his parents is not coming to your youth group? Is that, is that the real reason? Well, I think we have to realize that there are many kinds of situations and reasons as to why a student who comes to church but does not come to youth group. And I'm going to give you five reasons as to why that may be the case. You may not know. You may never have had a conversation with this uh, young person or their parents, and you're just kind of left, you know, thinking to yourself, what could the reason possibly be? Let me offer five. Number one, they live further away, but attend a youth group near them. So in other words, families today travel up to 45 minutes one way to come to a church which makes bringing their teens to youth near impossible on a weeknight due to work issues that the parents have or school issues with homework and other things that the teens have. Number two, they have outgrown the youth program. It's possible that if you have a student in your church, but not your youth ministry, maybe they're between 15, 17 years old, have simply outgrown youth group, especially if there is a high percentage of middle school students who attend your youth program, they just said, look, I I'm out. I mean, cause may they, they may feel outnumbered. They may feel like, listen, am I the only high school student here? And so they don't feel comfortable being in the group and decide it's just time to move on, that they've had their fill of games or they've had their fill of nonsense or whatever may be happening in the group. And they go, listen, I'm just, I'm too old for this. And that's a real possibility, but it's also possible that that young person has been homeschooled and have grown up around adults most of their lives and so they have adapted to an older mindset number three the student wants to come but the parents aren't keen on it so there are students who desperately would love to come to your youth program but for some reason their parents are just not into it the parents may have an issue with the programming the day the time or even certain leaders on your team. Listen, parents are human and can be pretty petty like anyone else, but it's their kid and it's their rules for better or worse. Number four, the parents want their student to come, but the student is resistant. The student may be the one putting the brakes on showing up. These students may be shy. They might have anxiety or insecurities about fitting in. They may have beef with other students that are school-related and have nothing to do with you or the youth program. It could also be that they're just not spiritually ready. These teens may be at church because their parents make them come and they have no choice, which means that attending another church service just for youth is out of the question. Number five, the parents might have theological or ideological differences with their child attending the youth program. Parents might feel that the youth ministry and separating the family is unbiblical and so do not want their kids to participate. Parents might feel your program is too worldly, too gamey, too strict, or doesn't line up with their theology. Kids in your church who do not show up to youth have reasons, all kinds of possible reasons for not showing up, including that they do not connect with you or the other students. So what is a youth pastor to do then if a parent is not sending their child? Well, I I think you have to, if you don't know, you should probably ask. And the first person you should ask is your pastor. Your pastor might have some insight into why this child is not attending youth. It could be for business reasons, on the parents' part, work reasons. It could be theological reasons. It could be any of the reasons that I stated, but at least you're hearing it from your pastor first. And it doesn't have to be an awkward encounter with either the student or the parents and saying, hey, didn't see little Johnny, little Susie at youth this week. Why was that? And so uh, to avoid that, I would ask your pastor because your pastor might have some insight to that. And this way, you don't have to spend your time spinning your wheels in your mind you know, wondering what's wrong with you or what's wrong with the youth program. Now, if the ideas are theological or ideological, you're probably not going to make much headway with those parents. But just because a student does not come to your youth group doesn't mean you don't have some responsibility in doing your best to minister to their young person. Their, their parents, their Fallible, They're, They have make mistakes, all of those things. But, you know, getting their kid to the youth program is not high on their priority, but they still want their young person to be loved and to be cared for. And you might just be the person to be able to do that. But how do you get to that space? First of all, I know it's hard for you to imagine why any student in your church would not want to come to your youth program, regardless of how many games you play, how banging your worship is. And let me say it, it's not about you or what you're building and you should stop taking it as a personal attack because I, listen, I've been through it. I understand that you, you take it as a personal affront to to your ministry and your effort and, and your calling and those things like who are these kids and who are these parents that they don't send their kids to the youth program. That is the first thing that has to go. If you want to be able to minister to all the kids in your church at some level on in an individual basis, the first thing that has to go is that you have to get rid of the offense. You can't be offended by a student not coming to your program because if you are offended, it's going to build a wall between you and them. You're going to feel like, well, if they don't want to come to the youth program, well, then I'm not going to have anything to do with them. And that you say, that's not true, Paul, but I am betting that if I was a betting person, uh, I'm betting that you have felt that way in some way, shape, or form, and it distanced you from the young person and from the family you are actually trying to minister to. So if you changed your goal from how do I get them to youth group to how do I help a willing soul grow in their faith? Or how can I minister to this family when appropriate? Then it's about serving. It's not about how do I get one more person in a chair in my group on a Wednesday night. It's really about service. There's nothing in it for you. You're just going to be patient. You're just going to sit back and wait. You're going to say, listen, there may come a time and a place through prayer and through patience when this family may need you. And that kid may never darken your door of your youth program, may never play a game, may never go to camp, may never do any of those things. But if you will be patient and be prayerful, you know what? I'm betting, once again, not a betting person, but if I was, I believe a door would open up for you to be able to speak into that family's life without that young person ever having to come to your youth group. So if you can set aside your feelings, you may actually put yourself in a better position to minister to that family and that young person. And that's it, youth pastors. I hope that you enjoyed today's episode. I hope that I uh, shared some insight with you that was helpful. And if I did, I would love for you to go over to iTunes or wherever you're listening to this podcast and rate it. Give it some stars, maybe five. Five would be good. And then if you give it five stars and leave maybe a little kind word underneath that says, well, hey, here's why you want to listen to this podcast. Well, then I would be happy to read those reviews right here on the air. And remember, youth pastors, If nobody's told you lately that you're doing a good job, listen, I'm telling you, you're doing a good job and you're only going to get better. I'll catch you guys in the next episode.